Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply, it's Chicago Bulls thing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell, give us the thumbs up and leave some comments down below. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm excellent, thank you very much. Uh, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> Um, been a bit of a hectic day, uh, as we've been planning this one for for a few days now. We have, and we've both been quite excited and nervous about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously, as usual, we've pre recorded a chat and we're doing the intro and the outro a bit now, as we have been doing with all of our guests. And our guest on tonight is Dan Moriarty, who is the vice president of marketing for. Our very own Chicago Bulls. Uh, it was a a chat that we had to be a little bit careful with. Yep. Um, yep. Stay within the guidelines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's not every day we get to chat to somebody who is that, you know, that ingrained within, in Bulls. and Within the organisation, yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, before we get into it, latest news, it's... It's training camp, you know. Mm-hmm. There's not not a th- what else is it going to be? No silly trade rumors. You know, Joel Embiid's no. declared he's playing for America, but he's not American, which <laughs> he'll just join LeBron in flopping. Uh, Bulls wise, obviously they put the all access out uh, yeah. yesterday, last night. I think it was just before I was going to bed. Actually, I managed to catch it as uh, they put it out, and. Um, I love, I love them. I watch all of them. I love that whole behind the scenes content. Obviously, the, in this one, you've got Dylan driving his dad round, Demar, um, yeah. you know, and then Caruso looking after our guy Obi uh, on the golf golf range, whatever they call it, driving range. Driving range, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's a bit of an insight into how this Nashville trip is is benefiting them. And I think it will be a benefit to them. Uh, mm-hmm. As we said in the chat, in our chat before, the best type of team bonding is when you're out of your comfort zone. Yes. And I think that's it, the benefits of it will be will be seen. Let's hope so. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll throw it into the chat because it does go on for quite a while. <laughs> it does. It's a long one. Um, very enjoyable one and one that could have gone on for a lot longer. So uh, we'll just throw it out there and uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah, so I'll just quickly throw it to the ad read before we, and then it'll go straight into the chat. Yeah. Here at Red UK, we're partnered with USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK and European based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. From hats to hoodies, there's something for everyone. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. So check them out on all the socials and at usasports.co.uk and for 15% off at checkout, enter the code CREDUK. So welcome back to CRED UK and it's a, a first time welcome for a guest and one we're, we're looking forward to speaking to and it is Dan Moriarty, the Vice President of Marketing for Chicago Bulls. So welcome Dan and how are you? Thank you, guys. I'm doing great. How are you both? Very good. Yeah. Um, Very obviously. Excited. 
Yeah, obviously we know there's there could be some questions that you may politely decline to answer. We'll try and keep away from them. Uh, we'll, we'll put that disclaimer out there for everybody now. Uh, in case. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, we're doing good. Uh, obviously, we've had this plan for a couple of weeks now, and I know we've been looking forward to it. So, Absolutely. Hello. And yeah, th thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for everything you guys do. I mean, we talk all the time about how much we love the Bulls global fan base. And I think you guys are a really good example of it, right? Like two guys in the UK, UK and Ireland, um, taking their own personal time to do a podcast. Like this is the stuff that makes Bulls Nation so special. So appreciate the work you guys do. And I'm excited to be here and be a part of it. Well, thanks very much. And, 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 you know, when you're a couple of fans trying to put something like this out there, it's, you, you don't know how much of it is or isn't landing in the right places. So to hear something like that means, it means a lot to both of us, I know. Yeah, we see it all. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, I, obviously from from Sunday it changes completely for the next mm. six months for us. However long it happens to be, uh, yeah. one a.m., two a.m., three a.m., whatever it is, we'll be up watching. So, Do you guys, you guys watch most games live? Every game live. Yeah. Well, Oof. my my streak at the minute is one hundred and ninety-five straight, not oh, missed. Not. So that includes some count. of. League pass or yeah. yeah, yeah, is it a good good product yeah. watching the UK? Yeah, it's excellent. That's yeah, I had, a, I had a few issues last year. They, they stopped the they put a game break in instead of you used to be able to watch what was going on, like the lovables and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm majorly disappointed about that because the lovables are uh, <laughs> a highlight, shall we, shall we say? <laughs> well, um, I don't have that, I don't have that problem in Ireland. We don't seem to get those game breaks here. I don't know why it's different, but um, yeah, no. I, I, so I had to be relaying the information back to back to Matt, kind of saying, "Oh, yeah, no, it's a great show today. You're missing out." <laughs> well, I know, at least in the US, and it's funny because each of the different countries there's slightly different um, broadcast restrictions from an NBA perspective. But in the US, at least, there is a there's different versions of League Pass you can buy. One that has the game break and ads, and then a, a slightly more premium, a slightly higher um, annual subscription fee. But that one doesn't break to game breaks, and it, it, it has the halftime shows and timeouts and all of that sort of stuff. So I don't know if that's an option in the UK, but maybe something to just check on with League Pass to see what what package you're on. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I get it through the the two uh, K. Ah, okay. So, oh, okay. so that's whatever. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we'll have to get you over to some games at some point so you can see uh, see all the entertainment live. That, that's the dream. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Oh, that was a, a quick question I had for you, actually, a bit off the cuff. I turned 40 in, not next year, the year after, and I keep saying to my missus that, obviously, that's the dream, because my birthday's April, so it falls at the end of the season. Um, how do I market to her that it's a good idea? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's there's a track record of folks coming over from the UK, right, for, for different celebrations and stuff, and... Um... I mean, look. I, if you have you been to Chicago? Have you been to the city? No. It's a never. magical place. It's such a cool city. Uh, just yeah. one, I think, uh, best big city in America uh, for a year in a row. Yeah, uh, I've just seen that before. Come on. Food's amazing. Sports amazing. The people are great. There's, um, yeah, it's just just such a great place to be. And then if you're a Bulls fan, if you time it right, you can come here for a week and you can see three games. You can mm. squeeze in a Windy City Bulls game. You know, there's. See Blackhawks, Bears will probably be playing over the winter as well. Like, there's just so much you can do, and 
I mean, every time, I think we've mentioned this a little bit before, but every time we have fans coming from overseas, we always try and make a point of going and saying hi to them in the, in the arena and doing little things to make it a bit more special. So I think I, I can't give you the full pitch for your missus, but I can promise you if you can get it sold, <laughs> we'll make it fun for you. Right. I appreciate that. I'll get her to watch that a little bit. And yeah, yeah. She, she, she doesn't even watch this. <laughs> well, what, yeah. what does she like to do on vacation? I can tell you what Chicago has that you can sell her on. Uh, she's a beach and sun. So Chicago probably not. <laughs> um, I mean, we have the lake, but you probably don't want to go there. Uh, January, February time frame. No. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to say shopping or eating or something like that that we have. Uh, uh, offer. Yeah, she'll appreciate shopping. Yeah, I go. probably wouldn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the game and you let her go shopping. Exactly. Yeah. Win, win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, so Dan, now that we have you finally here with us talking, um, not everybody that listens may be aware of your role and what you do with the Bulls. So if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, um, I know you were previously in hotels before you you came to basketball. So give us a little bit of a a rundown on yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, great. Um, so obviously, um, not from Chicago originally. I was, was born and raised in England. Um, been from Brit to Bull. I love it. <laughs> um, I've, I've been over in Chicago for about 13 years now. And so I kind of consider myself a, an honorary Chicagoan at this point. Um, had a, a career in kind of digital marketing, social media um, originally. Um, managed to work my way from that into a professional sports job for the Bulls, which is fantastic. Uh, ran our digital department for about five years um, and then for about two years now we've been running our marketing team um, and so it's funny I, I get asked all of the time like what does that actually mean what do you do day to day and it's a very hard job to um, like there's no such thing as a stereotypical day every day every week every season feels different and, and a, a job that's quite reactionary at times of kind of reacting to opportunities that present themselves or like what's happening on the court for example um, but the, the easiest way I'd say to describe it is really that the, the things that I'm focused on growing is the brand and the fan base. So the, the brand is, you know, I think we're we're lucky and honoured that we have a brand that that transcends sports, that's bigger than, you know, we obviously play 82 NBA games a year, hopefully more with, with the postseason. Um, but we play 82 regular, regular season games. But we know like our brand shows up at music festivals, our brand shows up at fashion uh, shows, our brand shows up in music videos. Um, and we think there's actually like, a really good opportunity for us to kind of you know, grow the, Im the impact and the footprint of the brand by being a bit more intentional in those spaces. And then from a fan base perspective, obviously, um, you know, we talk all the time, fan base is the blood of the organization, right? Like the, the health of the fan base is the health of every, every single thing that we do. And so we have a big focus on just, you know, how, how are we finding ways to make sure fans feel connected, heard, seen, um, that the Bulls brand honours them the way they honour the brand. Um, and so really pretty much everything we do falls into one of those two buckets. Um, and then obviously some more kind of traditional marketing elements as well around like how we're helping make sure we're selling tickets, building the right sort of ticket packages, promoting them in the right ways, advertising strategy, that sort of stuff. So a bit of everything. I, it's funny, I actually got asked um, every year we have what are called associates that are effectively internships. They're, they're paid roles, but they're like entry-level roles into sports where rather than hiring them full-time, we hire them at the start of the season. They run through the end of the season with the season obviously being our busy period. 
Um, and one of our associates last week, um, I was having a quick chat with her, sort of one-on-one to get to know each other a little bit better. And she went, can you tell me what you actually do? Um, and I felt like I just waffled for about five minutes. And I was like, you know what, this feels like I don't do anything. And so I actually pulled up my calendar and I was like, let me just show you the meetings I have to try and give you a sense of it. But yeah, I think I think the, the easiest way to think about it is um, how, how are we intentionally growing the brand? How are we growing the fan base? But that doesn't just mean like getting new fans. That's also like, growing the depth of the relationship, right? Like making sure folks like you two, you know, mega fans that aren't in Chicago, making sure you two have points of contact inside the organization that there's people you can reach out to and that just doing things to, like we know that Bulls fandom is something that people are proud to be a part of. And so how do we like make sure that we're encouraging that and finding the right ways to engage with, with the community? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you wear many different hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and ironically, not one today. But I, I just I pull one out actually. Um, but yeah, no, m- m- many different hats, but thankfully have a very talented team, quite a bunch of whom uh, you, you guys have probably met and, and had interactions with over the years, like Camille you mentioned earlier. Um, so yeah, it's uh, m- many different hats, but also a lot of talented people that uh, thankfully better at everything than I am that make my job very easy. Well, yeah. I guess it's all about having a good Bulls team around you, right? Good Bulls team around us, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously one of the things in sort of recent times that obviously you were very heavily involved in was Paris. Uh, and obviously we had the, the opportunity to meet you out there as well, which did actually come as a bit of a shock to us because we were just getting ready to leave that cafe, restaurant, whatever it was, in some French back street. And uh, you just come in and threw a lot of stickers at us, which... <laughs> obviously we appreciated (laughs) um but obviously that was a big thing for for bulls and obviously i'd imagine for you and your team you obviously you've had bulls fest as well and the the draft party um last year where which i actually got an invite to but unfortunately you know so many thousand miles i mean i couldn't couldn't attend what's been your personal favorite projects to be involved in it's really hard to pick a personal favorite to be honest i think um i love i love everything we do that's bringing our fan base together and that includes game nights right like i think the the thing that i enjoy the most about this role is how special and global and inclusive and diverse our fan base is and so any opportunity that we have to bring those people together is is the things that I typically enjoy the most. Um, you touched on a few of them, right? Paris was amazing. We had people like yourselves in town. We also had a bunch of our fans from Chicago that flew over and you know spent four or five days in Paris, um, used, used the game as an excuse to go to Europe, basically. Um, you, you touched on Bulls Fest. I'm sure we'll talk more about both of those things as, as, as this um, podcast goes on. But Bulls Fest to me is the personification of bulls fandom right like you have everyone there doing everything uh from every age every background um and yeah so i i would i would say anything we do that brings our fan base together uh, and even digitally even when we're doing things like this i love when you see these little like twitter threads break out of different bulls fans just tagging each other like and anything like that is is typically where i, where I get my real joy so how do you bring something like the Paris game or even more so Bulls Fest from the seed, the idea into fruition? 
thankfully, as I, as I said, man, we got we got a great team here. We got a ton of really talented people uh, because I couldn't tell you how we bring Paris and Bulls Fest to life. And I was incredibly involved in both of them. And I still have to pinch myself from time to time. <laughs> um, I mean, some, something like Paris, right? Like that's obviously was a, an opportunity that came to us through the NBA. Um, so we have uh, raised our hand as a team that's that's wants to go on these global trips. Um, you know, I think we... We know from NBA surveys, NBA surveys, I think it's like 50 different countries around the world. They send out surveys. I mean, you guys have probably filled one in at some point as, as big NBA fans. <laughs> they send out surveys around NBA fandom and players and teams and that stuff. In every single country that the NBA surveys, we're one of the top three most supported teams. And so we know we have this big global fan base. And when I talk about like loving to, to bring the brand places and bring fans together, nothing is better i think than bringing the game to an international country who i mean we, we were obviously we played in france in 97 98 i can't remember the exact yeah. year yeah. but that wasn't a regular season game and it wasn't against an nba team um that that was more of a exhibition type game yeah. um the opportunity to bring a regular season nba game to france and then have folks like you make that journey down that's obviously a lot easier than, than trying to get out to chicago um that that was that was incredible um so we've we've raised our hand and said look any future opportunities like that obviously has to make sense from a basketball perspective and we don't want to you know we don't want to um handicap the team or like go on a 10 game losing streak after a great <laughs> trip away for a few days so we've got to be sensitive to that but whenever it makes sense we're, we're going to try and find opportunities like that and whenever the nba offer us the opportunity so something like paris that uh once once we knew that the game was happening it then became a big conversation around, all right, what do we do? Um, obviously, we would love to do, we had a million ideas. The, the reality is you're, you are working within a budget and we are working within a certain headcount with regards to people that can do things to, to bring ideas to life. Um, and so we narrowed it down to, you know, we obviously did the the House of Bulls. I'm sure you guys swang through yeah. there. Um, there yeah. was a very cool kind of celebration of all things Bulls, not just our history, but also like our impact on culture and art and music and, and all of that stuff. Uh, we did a series, I think we did like seven basketball clinics, I want to say. So we brought our, our main youth basketball guy over, a guy called Coach Kyle, um, led a series of clinics uh, in local schools. Um, we did a girls-only clinic, we did some some charity clinics out there as well. Uh, we did the collaboration with Off-White, so really leaning into the fashion angle. We did the, the varsity jacket drop. We did a, a dinner with the Off-White team and our players. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously things like, you know, Benny on the ground going around causing mayhem and havoc. Um, so really, yeah, what, what, something like that, that's NBA inspired and uh, NBA driven. And then we're really looking at, all right, OK, we're going to be on the ground for I think most of my team was there for about a week in the end. What's the maximum impact? How do we find ways to to build connections, relationships with as many fans as possible? Um, and then um, and then obviously part of that as well was was trying to make sure for, I think like Camille helped folks like you guys make sure we had getting you guys ticket access and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like really, again, trying to find ways like people like yourselves that are building Bulls fandom, how do we just find ways to make sure that you feel part of, of what we're doing and connected to that as well? Um, and then things like Bulls Fest, that's very different, right? Like that's not NBA, it's not, the, the Paris game wasn't mandated, but it's not an NBA inspired event. That's really us looking at, you know, as we think about how we want to grow our brand, as we think about how we want to grow and engage with the fan base, how do we find opportunities and excuses to bring, to bring the fan base together? Um, and I think it's something we talk about a lot that <clears throat> I think for for a number of years, there was criticism thrown towards us that I think might have been fair, which is that we we did undervalue the fan base. Um, 
And I hope that folks like you guys over the last like five years or so have seen the organization, even even pre-COVID, we were starting to turn this right. And like really say like without fans, we legitimately have nothing. And and that that is something we talk about all the time, right? Like if if we didn't have any fans, we would like we wouldn't have jobs, we wouldn't have a brand, we wouldn't have this great arena behind us, right? Um, and so we really want to honor and respect fandom. Yeah, the Bulls Fest is all about just, you know, how do we find ways to bring Bulls fans together? And so um, I, I don't know if you guys know, but back in the 90s, we used to do a big thing called Shoot the Ball that was a massive three-on-three tournament. Uh, we used to shut down roads downtown. Um, the last year that I found any data for, we had 3,000 teams there, which is crazy. Because, wow. I mean, this year, for, for perspective, we had about 450 teams, so, like, a lot less. And that feels like a lift to be honest to like plan that get them in brackets deal with all of the players the old shoot the ball had 3,000 teams and they didn't even pre-register and there was no internet right they used to show up day of register at a desk get put into different brackets and then somehow play I, I legitimately have no idea how they used to do it but anyway we used to do this thing and it's something that um our ownership uh, Michael Reinstorf specifically has been asking like hey why why are we not still doing that like that was great let's get back to doing that and he's been saying that for years and we were kind of looking into it. And then it was, <clears throat> it was always hard to prioritize. And then I think coming out of COVID, um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys felt the same, but at least in America, obviously we shut down for so long. Um, you know, we were all home for so long. Um, we all got very used to zoom and kind of stopped going to restaurants, stopped going to sporting events. Um, and even, even obviously when our next season opened up, uh, we had, we had a year with no fans. I think we had four games at the back end of the season where we were allowed 2,000 fans in the arena for each of it, which is not, is, is in essence empty still, right? You've got a 23,500-seater arena with 2,000 fans in. Um, and so we really felt that there was this, um, the sentiment had really gone to like, I want to do communal, community-based. I want to see people. I want to be a part of something physical and real once it was safe. Um, and so that really, I think, was the impetus for us to say, all right, let's 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 figure out Bulls Fest. Let's make this happen. And so we obviously knew we wanted to do the three-on-three, three, but we also knew we wanted to do more than just the three-on-three. Three. We didn't want this just to be a basketball tournament. And so, like, looking at the first year, we did the music. Uh, we did the art show. We did – this is actually a, a T-shirt I got at the first ever Bulls Fest. It's one of my favorite pieces of, of Bulls merch. Um the, the player appearances, alumni, the youth camps and clinics. I don't I don't actually know if you guys not having come to it even understand the scale of what Bulls Fest actually has. But I mean we had I think eight hundred and fifty kids come through camps and clinics. We had four hundred and fifty teams in thirty five, thirty six different brackets, including like wheelchair brackets, under eights, up to over we had an over thirty five league with 30 odd teams that entered into it that were people that like myself and, and probably you two as well absolutely reliving <laughs> glory days uh, of, of our youths um and so it, it's just and then you obviously have the art show we had live podcast recordings we had uh merch uh we had um players we had alumni we had we had alumni guest refereeing games we had alumni doing the, the kids clinics like we had it. We launched our Goose Island beer there, which I know you guys have, have talked a bunch about. And we can get onto that in a minute because I'm still confused <laughs> about why they couldn't find it, given it was 20 feet behind their tent. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll make sure we're actually going to launch that, that beer publicly in a couple of weeks. So we'll make sure they they get some uh, to enjoy on the podcast. Um, so yeah, so really, it came out of Bulls Fest, right? It was so it came out of, out of back of COVID, and 
just a, a sense that it was the right time for us to launch something like that. We've obviously done two years now. Um, and it's it's something that we said we were going to commit to three years of, okay, let's see, does this work? Does it get traction? Do, is it something fans start talking about? Uh, and we feel after two years, we've already kind of learned enough that, that fans want this. There's a desire for it. There's an appetite for it. We actually had some people come over from England for it this year uh, that we met that that came over specifically for Bulls Fest, which is mind-blowing to me that... Yeah. Uh, tell your missus that Matt that might be the uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it's it, it's just turned into something that like like people hit me up on Twitter and they ask do we have dates for next year yet because they're trying to plan travel um, and so that that's amazing right that, that's exactly what we wanted it to be and um, now we just need to figure out where where and when and how we're going to do it next year but we've got to launch a season first yeah yeah so I guess obviously the off season must <clears> be the, the kind of the your busiest period is it as you sort of prep everything that's going to happen um obviously you must have vacation as you'd probably call it now at some point um you know but is there actually any time where you're not working and not looking for your next project not really yeah the so I've been here seven years. I think when I started our off, excuse me, our off season genuinely was an off season. It, you know, it used like my first year or two. Um, obviously, season would wrap up. Um, you would hopefully have some postseason, and then you're looking at draft and summer league. But then you really used to have summer league through um, uh, on on sale, which is like mid September tickets go on sale. You would have like a six to eight week stretch that that genuinely was very very quiet and like it was definitely it wasn't like you weren't working but it was it was comfortable pace it was very calm uh, we've kind of made a rod for our own backs to be honest by all of the things <laughs> we're doing from a fan engagement perspective they're, they're year round right like most of most of the podcasts i mean you guys didn't take the summer off right like you've still been doing no. podcasts yeah. yeah um there's there's just nba fandom is a is a 365 24 7 thing now um and so you know we've obviously gone um you know, things like uh, a Bulls Fest, um, you know, we're, we're doubling down on like things we're doing from fan perspective. For example, like last year we saw the, we did a, a White Sox uh, jersey that was one of the giveaways for a game that went down really well. Uh, so this year we've decided we're doing a series of seven uh, player design jerseys. So seven different players are actually each designing a jersey that will be a giveaway on a different game. So all of these cool ideas that we have in the summer, they're like cool ideas. And then it's like, okay, well, now we, we actually do these cool ideas. Um, and so it's not, I would say we, we don't have a quiet period anymore. What, what we do have and what, what I will say is summer is when you work in sports, you just learn like it. it's a lot of work. Um, and so the season comes around when, when we have 41 home games, right? Like compared to growing up in England as, as a football fan, right? Like getting 19 home games in the Premier League. Um yeah, the, the volume and frequency of home games here, the idea of back-to-backs, right? Like you might have a Thursday, Friday back-to-back home game. Those stretches do become very busy. Um, and so summer is nice because even while we're busy, there's very few evenings and weekends outside of things like Bulls Fest, which were very, very long days. Um, and so you just, it, it kind of feels like you have a lot more free time just because your evenings and weekends free up, to be honest. But I mean, Bulls Fest is long days. I, I don't know how much... Uh, you probably don't know, but I got married the weekend before Bulls Fest this year. Um, and we oh, got back. We were meant to get back. Uh, thank you. We, we got married in Guatemala. We did, we did some destination. I was meant to be back in uh, Chicago Thursday night, which I, I'd sold to my now wife. 
I was like, look, we need to get back by Thursday so I can go to Bulls Fest, which was an interesting conversation to have. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> we landed in Miami. Um, there's a, a Thursday night to try and get back to Chicago. It's a massive thunderstorm. Everything gets cancelled. We don't end up getting back until we got back home at like 2.30 in the morning, Saturday morning, so Friday night. We left We left the place in Guatemala. We were at 7 a.m. on Thursday. So it was almost two whole days of travel. Um set an alarm for 6 a.m. and I was at Bulls Fest from 7 a.m. And I was, by the way, I was probably the last employee to arrive. We had people here from <laughs> 5.30 in the morning getting ready. Um, and then we were here through 7.30 at night as well. And then you come back on the Sunday and do it again. But they're great days and, and ones that we all love because, again, you, you get to see the fan base really having a great time. Yeah, you're uh, you're making us incredibly jealous. So we'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to try and get over to, to it at some point. Oh, yeah. We'll do an international bracket for those of us that didn't grow up playing basketball. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Don't know what the quality would be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you've kind of touched on this already, but uh, obviously digital media and the whole world of digital media is something that you're fully immersed in with the Bulls now, especially, as you said, in recent, in recent years. You can really see how much the Bulls' presence on social media has increased um, you know, across all the different forums and all the different um, platforms that are out there. Um, I'm guessing you constantly have to have, like you and your team, have to have your finger on the pulse of kind of what's hot at the moment, what's not, what's new coming out, you know, what's kind of fading off a little bit perhaps and um, what content to put across each each one. How do you How do you go about kind of keeping on top of all that? Yeah, well, thankfully, that's not my job. Um, so that's, you guys know uh, Luka Dukic? You familiar with? Yeah, I'm in a name. chat with him. So he he's our, he's the VP of content. So my peer that leads our content uh, function, he um, he and his, I mean, he has an amazing team. You guys probably know Joe, another Brit that is our yeah. director of content, Joe Pynchon. Um, yeah. Just, just, and then there's, there's obviously our Bulls TV team, our graphic design team, a bunch of people under Joe and, and Luca on, on the content publishing and social media team too. Um, they're they're just incredibly well connected um, and, and on top of our players, content creation, um, trends, all of that sort of stuff. But I'd say you know the the idea of um, needing to stay on top of like what's what's relevant right now is is bigger than just it's content, but it's bigger than that, right? It's like when we're looking at what we're doing from a brand and marketing perspective, what we're what we're all talking about, what our game entertainment halftime shows are, what our community relations teams doing I, I think we're a brand that takes a lot of pride in um having its finger on the pulse of, of culture and and kind of where what people are interested in and where those pages are turning and so i think it's something across the board we we have, as an organization try to stay pretty connected to and try and stay on top of mm-hmm. um and then from, from a content perspective i mean you, you should try and get luca on this at some point it, it, it's actually a i was born in serbia so another european um but just i mean he could talk a lot about the, the complexity of you know you guys obviously i i, I saw um I, think, I can't remember i think it was you neil shared the uh all access piece that, that went out yesterday i'm sure you guys appreciate that was shot yeah. the day before you know the, the, yeah. kind of the series of those while they're down in nashville that is not a light lift and it's something again that i hope you guys see is is reflective of our belief of the importance of fandom right like people want access to that stuff We've got a team that's down there and a team that, that worked through the night probably to get that a nine-minute edited piece at a high-quality level to get that out to fans globally. You know, within 24 hours of it, of it being shot is insane. Um, and so it's something we're very proud of and something, you know, we have we have a 30, 
38 million, I think, global social audience, which is an insane number. Uh, it's third biggest uh, for a US sports team after the Lakers and the Warriors. Um, and it's something we're incredibly proud of and something you'll see us continue to double down on, right? You, and you probably noticed we launched a French account last year. Yeah. Um, this It's not breaking news as such because it is out there in the job description so someone could find it if they dug deep enough. But we will be launching a Spanish account later this year for fans all over the world that Spanish is their primary language. Um, we're actually hiring an international content person for the first time to really look at French, Spanish, Chinese, but also folks like you guys, like international fans that are English speakers, but not in market. And how do we make sure we're finding ways to uh, connect with audiences that speak English, but with you know, different time zones and stuff like that? There's, there's different nuances to that, right? So it's um, an opportunity and a responsibility that I think we, we take very seriously. And again, you'll, you'll, if, you, if you think we've doubled down on it in the last few years, hopefully you'll, you'll continue to think that uh, over the next couple as well. Yeah, because, uh, you know, obviously what we're doing is primarily from a, a, a fan perspective, but we've tried to make it a little bit bigger than that um, and to try and kind of create a place for UK and Ireland Irish fans and anyone else that wants to to come and find out information. We're kind of piggybacking a lot off of what you guys are doing um, and trying to share your content around maybe more so in the time frame that would suit, like give it another push when we're awake and things like that. And, you know, Matt very much started this from um, a group on Facebook and then it just grew and grew. And then I decided to, to jump on with him and, and we've been working on it together since we have never had any intention of doing a podcast. It was somebody else within the group that wanted to do the podcast and kind of came to us and said, can you help us set it up? And we said, yes. And then at the ninth hour, they dropped out and we kind of, <laughs> We'd, we'd already kind of set it up then. So we kind of said, well, okay, well, we'll jump in and do it. And hopefully then, you know, we'll find somebody else to, to take over because we don't really have the time to do it. And here we are over a year later still doing it. So I guess we're, we're in it for the long haul now at this stage. But yeah, so we've tried to kind of create that from this side of it and um, and keep it going. But you're making it a lot easier for us by providing all that content and having that much um, stuff out there that we can use. But I mean, it's it's probably chicken and the egg a little bit, right? In the sense, you say you say we're making it easier for you. I can promise you, we think you're making it easier for us. Because if we if we didn't have people like you, we're putting this stuff out there and no one's reacting to it. It becomes pretty boring pretty quickly for us to publish stuff that no one's reacting to. So I think it's a mutually beneficial relationship of us putting stuff out there and you guys finding ways to localize it and share it with audiences that care about that stuff. I'll take that. Yeah. 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 So all of the system. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the I'm trying to think of a political way to put it. The on-court product hasn't been uh, ideal for fans the last, well, pretty much since you started working for Bulls. Not not putting it on you. Um, <laughs> has was it a struggle to get something like Bulls Fest? with the amount of negativity that you see on on the socials was it was that a, like a bit of a fear that it wasn't gonna take off the way it did no um you know what what i think is funny is and i'm, I'm gonna pick my words carefully here as well but <laughs> um i mean look like you're not going to find a single person inside our organization that says we've been happy with where the team performance has, has been at. Right. Like, I, I think we all like 
top down, I, I promise you, you will never meet a more competitive person than Michael Reinsdorf as, as far as like a desire and a drive to want to win. Um, all the way down to the associates we hire, right? Like you work, if you work in sports, you have a competitive um, sense of how you want to do things. Um, but what, I, what I'll say is, I think the criticism and negativity that you see on social media is actually quite specific to that channel. And there's something about being on social media that occasionally, you know, maybe it's the being behind the keyboard, being disconnected from the person, right? But like um, every time we bring Bulls fans together, no matter what's happening on the court, there is a sense of connection and um, inclusion and and like just really positive things that happen when we bring Bulls fans together. And so we know, like we know we want to get the stuff on the court to, to, to the place we want it to be at. We, we all want to be going deep into the postseason um, and, and have, having that side of things to be excited about as well. But I never really had any concerns that organizing something like that would have any tint on it based off what happened in the previous year. That's just not how Bulls fans act. And yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, you told the story earlier when we bumped into you guys in a restaurant in Paris because we, <laughs> we literally saw you guys wearing Bulls gear and we had all of this these Bulls stickers. We were like, oh, you guys might want these before we even realized who you were. Um, you know, what we didn't talk about, one thing there was team performance, right? Like yeah. what we talked about was how are you? Great to meet you. How long have you been a Bulls fan for, right? And and for me, that's every time we bring Bulls fans together, even when we were doing like draft parties, uh, you know, when, when you know, we were getting the seventh draft pick for a couple of years in a row. <laughs> There's no negativity around that, right? Like fans came and they had a good time and people people want to... I think people love the brand, people love the team, and people tend to love people that also love the team and the brand. And so that was that was our overriding hope and expectation going into Bulls Fest, and I think it's 100% proven to be the case. Um, it's something where we feel incredibly blessed with because I don't think every sports team quite has the same um, commitment and passion from its fan base to kind of ride with the good and the bad. And yes, like, you know, we know it's not like the fan base hasn't been critical on social at, at certain times, but like, I don't think it's ever got to the point where it's diluted people's fandom or, or diluted yeah. their respect for the people like myself or Luca and his team that's yeah. behind the organization and doing a lot of the work. Yeah, definitely. I think once you're a Bulls fan, you're a Bulls fan for life. Yep. Good, bad or indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So moving slightly on a different, uh, different tangent then, the Bulls' schedule release this year was an absolutely huge hit. I don't know if you had much of a hand in that. You can't take any credit for it then. I can, I can take no credit for 95, 99% of the stuff that comes out of the Bulls. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's incredible the work that they did there. It was brilliant. The 8-bit Pokemon angle, was it was inspired. It, it, everybody seemed to latch onto it. Um, anyone that had any involvement in video gaming back in the, <laughs> the 90s and it was brilliant um has it urged the team to create similar campaigns along the video game route like um you know i think i suggested to you uh, before we started recording along the lines of um uh, mario kart with the the mascots or the players and uh, or street fighter or something along those kind of lines in the future oh you know it's you ask the future it's something we've done a lot of historically right like i think um but I always remember one of our 
um, back when I was leading digital and was more involved on and social on a day-to-day basis, one of our most successful Instagram posts of all time was when Fortnite first came out. We put a picture of, we drew a, a built a graphic of Benny in a Fortnite outfit and it just said, where are we dropping? Um, which is like, <laughs> if you've ever played Fortnite, that's obviously like where you jump off the bus. Um, and that that did insane engagement numbers. And so we've always, like we did something last year, I'm going to blank exactly what it was, but we got the the Mario Kart drones, you know, the, the little race cars that you drive around and we put um, some of the players' heads on them and we had fans and I think even players in videos competing with those um, that we've had our players do NBA NBA 2K tournaments with with kids from a community perspective before as well. And so I think we, you know, it kind of ties into what you asked a bit about earlier, right, around um, culture. And I think we understand the NBA the NBA as a sport transcends culture more than most sports and the Bulls as a, as a team transcend more than most NBA teams. And so I think we know we have a license to play in that space and people aren't going to be confused around why the Bulls doing a Pokemon themed uh, schedule release. Um, and so I think, I think the answer is yes. I, I think you'll see more of that sort of stuff, but I also think if you go back looking for it, you'll see that it was, Pokemon was not the first time that we played with the idea of like doing something video game uh, related. Um, and so I, I think you'll see more of it moving forwards and, and more historically, uh, if you go back and kind of look for some stuff as well. But I think you'll also potentially see us play with the, the Pokemon stuff a bit further as well. And um, I don't want to spoil too much, but there might be a game or two this year where the, the theme makes a bit of a comeback. Ah, very good. <laughs> Little teaser. Yeah, well, it might not happen, which is why I said maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. <laughs> this is the problem of not being involved with everything. You never know. You throw out ideas, you're never too sure exactly uh, which, which ones are and aren't coming to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, as we've established by now, you, you're obviously a fellow Brit. Do you find that's been beneficial to you, been not an outsider or such? Because I know you said you class yourself as a Chicagoan now. But do you think that's helped your role and understand the wider fan base? Obviously, having people like Joe as well, and as you said, Luca being Serbian. Yeah. Do you think that helps from a like a marketing and a production sort of point of view? Yeah. Um, so you know, I think uh, I think it helps in, in a number of ways. One is um, new eyes on something are always good. Um, and when I came in here, to be really blunt. I, I was a basketball fan, but a very light fan. And I, I was a Bulls fan, but again, a, a light fan. Um, but sometimes you need new eyes, right? You need someone who can come in and, and look at it objectively and figure out what's working and what's not. Um, and so often when, when we're hiring, a lot of people think that, you know, if they're in good advice for anyone who ever applies for a job with us, a lot of people think the way they're going to get the job is expressing the depth and of, of their fandom. And that's not actually from a from a job perspective what we want, right? Like you need to have someone that can, yes, we're all we, you all become fans, you, you become fans very quickly, but you have to be able to put that stuff aside and like whatever happens on the court, do the job that that we need to do. And and by the way, that's post loss, but also post win, right? Like always joke with Luca that like the year that we win the title he's going to have a decision to make with his team, which is, does he tell them to get to work because there's all of this content that needs to get out? Or does he tell them just won an NBA title? Like, <laughs> put the computer's down, go and have some fun, right? And there's, there's not an easy answer there. Like, you kind of win or lose, we have to do our jobs. And so I think not coming in not as a massive fan was an advantage to start. 
But what we do talk about all the time is you don't need to be a fan of the Bulls, but you need to understand fandom. And so like, I grew up a massive soccer fan. I'm, so my team's Norwich, uh, not great soccer team. Um, <laughs> although I love them to death. And like, I say not great just because we're not, you know, winning the Premier League every other season. Um, but like, you know, a, a lower league, occasionally top league uh, soccer team. Um, I understand fandom. I, I know what it means. I know that when you say you are a Bulls fan, it's different than saying when I stay in hotels, I stay in this hotel or when I rent a car, I use this company or like, this is my bank, right? Like sports fandom is, is so much more tied into our own personal identities and who we are and the values we want to express as humans. And so you need to understand fandom. You need to understand, um, you know, you let, you let someone down in a business. People are frustrated because they're like, oh, I you know, paid you a hundred dollars to rent this car and the tire fell off. You let some like we let someone down. Like if, if I do something that you guys think doesn't represent the brand, you guys are rightly going to be furious because it, it feels a little bit like we're putting a comment on your identity in a, in a negative sense. Um, and so understanding fandom's massive, um, and, I, and I definitely came in with that. And then I think the global aspect as well, right? Like we are we're a surprisingly small team. I think the Bulls non basketball staff is probably about 150 people. I would guess. Um, <clears throat> there's four of us, I think, that were born overseas. Um, and so obviously we can, we can, and actually all of us sit, so there's myself and Luca and Joe, and then there's a, a girl called Serena on, on Luca's team as well, who was born in Singapore. Um, I think it helps all of us understand the, the, the global implications, right? And even things like, you know, I'm sure you guys see this all the time. Like uh, if you're ever engaging with an American company, they always ask you zip code. And if they set the zip code to only take five digits, and not to accept letters, well, like, well, that doesn't work. When I'm, you know, CM8 was was what I grew up in, um, and so even little things like that, we can make the brand feel more global just by being sensitive to that. But then also, like you know, Joe especially is a big advocate for like, how do we make sure that we're putting things out at time? Like even if we're doing like the balls drops, for example, inside the app, we've we've experimented with different times so they don't always happen at three o'clock in the morning for folks in the UK. And so how do you play around with stuff like that? And, um, reflect the fact that we have a global fan base. And so I, I think hiring folks that come from outside of basketball, come from outside of the US, I think that's really helped us be very objective around what is and what isn't working, to not come with a lot of baggage around expectations around what we should and shouldn't do, um, and to be able to really look at it through that lens of um, someone who doesn't have access to cable, uh, that where I don't, my understanding in the M, I think in the UK it's Sky TV has the rights, but yes. they show few games a week at most yeah um and so like what is the league part that's why i started by asking what's the league pass experience like for you guys yeah. right so i think that's a really important thing for us to understand around fandom so yeah I, I i do think it's an advantage um although it definitely was a steep learning curve to learn basketball i remember i it's one game um <clears throat> my first season our digital team used to only be four people um and so it was one game where somehow we decided it'd be fun for me to tweet the game uh, but this is a guy who didn't grow up playing basketball, don't necessarily know the lingo. Um, and it was not not something that we'll repeat unless we've, we've <laughs> joked, kind of joked about doing a British game at some point and like, like making it like hamming up the Britishness of it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it definitely was a steep learning curve to learn basketball and learn the history of the Bulls and learn what the what the I knew what I knew what the brand meant to people globally. I've seen the brand around, but it's different like seeing it and knowing that people think it's cool and then going like two, three, four levels deeper and really understanding more emotionally. Like I think most people that are actual big bulls fans 
we like the fact that it's a cool brand, but it means so much more than that. Like the coolness is like, it's a, it's one of the things, but it's not the thing that makes us all Bulls fans. And so I think it's like an onion, right? You start peeling it back. And I think the more I understood, the, the kind of more I fell into the rabbit hole as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it helps that the, the logo is so recognizable and yep. is one of the coolest logos in all of sports yep. across the globe. Do you know, that you know the logo never, never changed? Yeah. Never. And it's, it's, is it it's, the only one? The only, only, that's only, never changed? only NBA logo that's never changed. Yeah. Primary, primary yeah. colours have never changed. But yeah. it also, the, the crazy thing, I think, is what you were just saying, right? You line it up against the other 29 logos. It doesn't look like it's 56 years old. It doesn't look no. like it's the oldest design. It, it somehow somehow has absolutely timeless design. Um, and we're incredibly blessed by that you know i think from a brand and marketing perspective it's something we talk about all the time like you can't buy that sort of tradition um and what i love about it is because it's so established from a brand and creative perspective we're actually able to have fun with it so if you guys have seen um you guys probably like this you know as we've gone away from run of us this year you've probably seen we've gone we've really doubled down on c red and been like that is that is the, the absolute epitome of what a Bulls fandom, the Bulls brand, the Bulls team. Sea Red sums all of it up for us. If you look at the, the new logo we've done, you've just got the silhouette of the logo in inside Sea Red, inside the D. Have you guys seen that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I saw it all come out yesterday or today, yeah. whenever it was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's amazing for us. We don't, we don't actually have to put the real logo. We just put the shape of the logo and people know what that means. And yeah. I'm sure you guys see a lot of the stuff that we do, but like we let artists play with our logos, right? Like we have... I've got a drawer here. Let's see what's in there. But like, yeah, we've got these are hats that we did last year. Um, yeah, we had a, a Latin a, a designer designer Bulls logo and kind of put some some Latin elements on it. Like we've got that whole hat series where we've now had I think thirty something artists that have done different iterations of the Bulls logo. And because the core one is so established, it means you can really flex and have a lot of fun of everything else that you do. We actually. No, we just had a, so we had Riot Fest over here. This is all stuff that's just randomly in my office, by the way. <laughs> we had Riot Fest, which is a big music festival over here. You can't really see that. Um, but like we literally, you know, do like Riot Fest jerseys. Um, we did Lollapalooza jerseys. We did Suenos yeah. jerseys. We did Summer Smash jerseys. Like we just do all of this stuff locally because our the, the, the ball is so established that you can flex it and no one wonders like, what is that? Everyone knows even just like roughly what the silhouette is, everyone knows what it is and what it stands for. And that's a incredible opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All you need to do is even just see the horns and, oh, you know, hundred percent. Absolutely. Love on the horns. That's all you need. Yeah. We're actually, I mean, right now we have, um, and you guys will start to see this in the next few days. I'm sure we have a series of murals going up around the city of Chicago. Um, so we're doing three, each about two miles from the United center in, in different directions um and i don't think i might get this wrong i'm mentally trying to pitch them i don't think any of them actually have the bulls logo on it but when you see them straight away you'll be like that's the bulls because like the color the horn like even just like you say the horn right like i think there's one where there's a zoom in of the i think it's the eye of the ball i want to say and you see it and you're like that's the eye of the bulls logo like straight away you kind of know what that is and yeah it's uh it's apps and from a marketing and brand perspective you can't ask for more right like it's uh 56 year old design and brand that has incredible relevance in the modern day that doesn't need a rework right like we need to refine who we are and like put some focus in certain areas of making sure the brand kind of stays modern and progressive but like from a pure legacy perspective it's like um 
it, it moves us forwards and it gives us a platform to run into the future versus something that like ties you back to a certain period. And that's again, some, something that like, I don't think you could have intentionally designed that if we tried. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's certainly a marketing dream. I'm sure. Oh yeah. For you all. Um, and we've touched on something else uh, earlier on. That's also a bit of a marketing dream for you. And, and that's the mascot. Yeah. Be- Benny is, you know, become, a life of his own within within the organization um and i mean he must have his own almost marketing area for himself because he is constantly being put out there in the limelight in different facets as well so um how do you approach benny yeah i mean benny is uh benny's another massive asset and benefit to the organization right like he is mascots are not they're not like Benny's not the only NBA mascot, but he's certainly one of very few that just has the ability to fit in everywhere and resonate with everyone, right? Like you can <laughs> throw Benny out into a uh, elementary school and kids go crazy, but you can also bring him out at like, like we're, we're throwing a, um, this isn't public yet, but I think will be tomorrow. So I'm sure by the time you guys air this, this will be out there <laughs> doing uh, a season launch party in a big nightclub in Chicago. So a, a town nightclub. Um, we're going to do it the weekend before the season kicks off. Benny will go there and I guarantee you full grown adults will be clamoring, cl- clamoring over each other to get a picture with Benny at one o'clock in the morning at, or whatever time of night he comes out there. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's rare to have something that resonates so well with so many different people. And so, yeah, Be- Benny, Benny's something, um, it was an organization. I think we we think very seriously about him. We don't, we don't look to put him in situations that, uh, don't feel appropriate for him. We understand that, um, because he fits everywhere, his schedule could easily end up being 900 events a year and, you know, really kind of ruin some of the magic. Um, but we are, you know, you do look at how do we use him from a youth perspective? How do we use him from a um, hospitality perspective? How do we use him from a brand development perspective? How do we use him from a content perspective? The, you know, a little, little known fact you guys might not know is uh, Benny has, or at least had, I, don't, I, I, don't, I haven't seen the last few months, maybe he's been caught up, but Benny has more followers than any professional sports team in America. Like Benny, the mascot, has more followers. Um, and I mean, that's crazy, right? That, that, that's a, that's a, a mascot. Um, and so for us, it's, um, yeah, how do, how do we support that? But also, how do, we, how do we make sure it doesn't feel like it's completely disconnected from the Bulls, right? Like we want it to feel like we're using him to bring people into the Bulls family versus building this whole separate entity. Um, and so that that's really a lot of what we think about, right? Like where's the appropriate places for him to show up? How do we make sure that fans are having a chance to to meet him take photos pre-game um how are we getting him into we have a, a kid zone area in the in the 300 level of the united center how are we making sure we're getting him up there as well as courtside and on the court um how are we bring him out into local schools um and then ultimately you know from a content perspective how are we thinking about taking him global through content as well um, and then even something like paris right like hopefully you guys got a chance to to meet him or if not see him in paris um yeah. even internationally right like Ben, ben and Penny's brand and the the um, character that is Benny has has taken wings way beyond I think what any of us expected originally and and just has such a major impact globally now and something again we're very excited about continuing as well. Yeah, I think before media day, the last time I'd seen something of Benny was it was a 
someone's phone from in the crowd at a football game, and he it was a took part against a peewee team or something, and he just threw one of the kids to the floor, and he gets up and he's pounding his chest, and I don't even think it was anybody related to Bulls that first shared it, and it it went round Twitter pretty quick, like it was, and like you say, it's everybody knows who he is, whether the Chicago or not, and it is. Or basketball or not as well. So, Which I, honestly, I think we could fly him to London and walk him through the streets of London, and people would know um, that he was Benny. And obviously, like, see someone wearing a suit like that, it's going to get attention anyway. But like, people people know his name. Um, like, people get excited when they see him, and um, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, some, something that we're very excited about, right? Like, as a, as a marketer, you want. You want things that grab people's attention, and Benny is the ultimate attention grabber. Um, <laughs> and, and Benny loves it as well. Yeah. Of course, Benny in a bag of popcorn. What more do you need? Oh, very. <laughs> you know, actually, it's funny. So we, we talk about, um, you know, this is we talk about doing like fan centric things, right? One thing we're actually launching this year, and again, I think this is public, and if it's not, it will be very soon. Um, but we're launching. We're calling it Benny Splash Zone. So it's a ticket package. Same way if you ever go to SeaWorld or anything, you have the first few rows or like the, the Shamu splash zone for the killer <laughs> Um We had fans asking us like, hey, how do I make sure Benny drops popcorn in my section? And obviously, you, like if you get 10 requests a game and I mean, you can't do it. So we've just decided, you know what? Those fans that want it, let's sell a ticket and say, all right, for these games, Benny is going to drop popcorn in this zone. And so you'll start seeing Benny splash zone coming out for fans that like they want that firsthand popcorn experience. <laughs> I think there's maybe I can't remember exactly how many tickets we netted out on, but there's enough there's a there's a there's a enough tickets where uh, it will look like a zone, but not so many that you'll end up like 50 yards from him. This is guaranteed ability to be hit by a piece of popcorn, effectively. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's something exciting. I mean, it, they're small little gimmicky things, right? Like they're not not going to make us a ton of money, and they're not going to like get. A, a, million fans through the experience because naturally they're smaller but it's just those little things that like when we talk about fandom what are the different elements that make up being a Bulls fan and Benny and popcorn is something that like you say that to a non-Bulls fan they're going to be like oh pop like, I don't get it but say it to a Bulls fan and they instantly understand what you're talking about so how do we like just build some um, traditions and fun engagements for fans around that sort of thing <laughs> yeah okay, it's effectively yeah. our version of the Disney character dinner right but it's Benny spilling popcorn <laughs> on <it>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, what's funny actually i mean it's i know we're going on a few different tangents here but um you know one thing that i don't think people talk enough about or, or ask bluntly when, when i talk to folks like you guys one thing we don't get asked much about is like what's the culture like from an employee perspective at the bulls um and one of my favorite stories yeah you know, we're just we're such a we're obviously a family-owned business right family-owned brand um and that really comes all the way through where i, I have a uh, almost 13 year old son he turns 13 in a couple of weeks um, right before COVID, um, he was asked by Benny if he would be part of Benny's birthday party. And um, basically, he was going to, he was on a hoverboard and would drive around the court and spill some popcorn. It's going to be funny. And um, to this day, my kid will say, you know, COVID was bad, wasn't it? And I'm like, yeah, it was bad. And he'd be like, yeah, I didn't get to do that Benny thing. And I was like, well, <laughs> bad, bad for a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> But uh, Benny asked if he wanted to do that last season. And so uh, my kid put the junior Benny costume on 
went into the stands with Benny and spilled popcorn everywhere and, you know, just had an absolutely fantastic time. So it's little things like that, that from an employee perspective, just make it really fun to work here. And we, we do, I think as an organization, we do a really good job of getting everyone's families involved and feeling like they're part of the organization as well. And so the, the, the Benny and the popcorn stuff is always going to be special for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's such a great story. And that's something you'll be able to talk about with your, with your son for years and years to come. He, he honestly has no idea. Like he's, He's done the kids dunk contest at halftime. Um, we did years ago, we did a, um, we did a, I think it was a Bulls Kid Nation game and we decided it'd be funny to get kids to walk into the arena like players. And so as the players walked in, <laughs> we had kids that looked slightly like them. Um, and so my son looks ever so slightly like Paul Zipser. Uh, <laughs> he's whiter than brown hair. Um, and so... Paul Zipser walks in, he's on his on his iPhone, he's got his headphones in and looks at the camera, then looks down at his phone. And so we've now got a video clip that's out there on the internet somewhere of then probably seven or eight-year-old Finn walking into the arena holding an iPhone. <laughs> and we put it up on the scoreboard. Uh, we had the player intros, the starting lineups. Um, we recorded all of those ahead of time. And so we've got my, my son wearing a Paul Zipser jersey, crossing his arms and looking up many, many, menacingly, menacingly at the camera. Um, so it's all those little things that we just do an amazing yeah. job of kind of getting kids in and around. And, and again, like we talked a bit about this earlier, like it's such a all encompassing job from a, um, evenings, weekends, you know, it, it, it impacts your life and it's one you have to really enjoy to want to do. And so I think as an organization, we do a really nice job of like making sure like your kids, your partners, they're all welcome inside the office. And, um, you know, even just bringing them into the office. Like I, I remember one day I bought, bought Finn here and we'd been back to the UK. We bought a whole bunch of dairy milks and he was like, I'm going to go pass them out. And so he went off and he normally wanders down to our ticketing department because they have a, most of the younger people that work here work there. And so he would walk down there and just kind of be messing around with them for a bit. So he's been gone for about half an hour and I've got no idea where he is. Um, and I get a text from our COO and it just says, if you're looking for Finn, he's in my office. And I walk in there and, <laughs> Been sitting down on the floor, like joke flicking through contracts, eating a dairy milk. Um, and I just think there's, there's not there's not a ton of companies where you get that sort of like the the, yeah. the feeling that the feeling that I think exists between fans and between folks like you. It exists between employees and employees' families as well. And it's just yeah, you know, it's a really special place to work. And I think that you know comes from the fact that it's a really special place to be a fan of as well. It's so it all kind of connects through. He's a, a oh, Bulls fan. <laughs> Bulls fan for life, then he will be, but he's never going to understand why. If, if I ever stop working here, he's not going to understand why he can't go on the court anymore. So, it's... <laughs> <laughs> wait, what do you mean I can't do the halftime dunk show again? He'll, he'll have to get that NBA contract then. Uh, I don't think that's <laughs> he'd much rather watch than he would play, unfortunately. So, <laughs> uh, obviously, speaking of obviously fandom and stuff like that, obviously, as you know, we've asked some previous guests, uh predictions for our season awards that we like to dish out as a little community and obviously you've said you will answer as a as it's an opinion as a fan not a whatever you say is you know nothing to do with the bulls on this one yeah so obviously three players or three player awards and just from your fans point of view who do you think will be the bulls mvp uh, what are you? How are you judging MVP? Uh, well, last year Zach got it. 
Okay. Um, obviously, because of his performances and obviously him being Zach, basically. <laughs> yeah. Give me, just before I name a player, give me the three awards so I don't name a player twice. Uh, we've got MVP, yep. Most Improved, yep. and the last one people struggle with a bit is the Unsung Hero. So it's like the... Okay. That goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, okay. That does actually help because I think the player I might have nominated as MVP is probably actually the unsung hero. So MVP, um, I mean, it's... Do I have to pick one? Like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Zach, Zach and Damar are both yeah. ludicrous scorers, right? And both yeah. have the ability at any given point to 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 look incredibly, incredibly special. Um I, you know, if it was Zach last year, let's go to Mar this year. But like e- either of them, right? Like over the moon of any of them winning it, basically. But let's uh, let's go to Mar. I'm I'm a big Demar fan and a big Zach fan. But um, <laughs> I like I like I, I always you know you find ways to identify with players and what they say off the court. And I think the um, Demar off the court is focused on oh. uh, mental health and talking about it. I think he's just a really interesting guy. Although mm. you know. Zach's a, a really interesting and great guy as well. Does a lot of work uh, in the community and with the deaf community specifically. So, yeah. both two great dudes that if either of them win it, I'll be over the moon. Um, choice. Most improved. Uh, I'm going to go two again. I'm just going to cheat for everything. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. Kobe and Pat. Um, yeah. The players, I, I'm sure that's, you probably get an answer from every fan. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, always love the players that we draft. I just, I, I always connect emotionally as a fan a bit more with players that have, have been here like their entire NBA careers effectively. Um, and I'm big, big believers in, in both of them and, and the levels that they can get to where they can get this team to as well. And then unsung, uh, this is why I asked this one because my unsung hero is Caruso. You know, I think yeah. he is everything that I think embodies um, what it means to be a, a Bulls player, right? He's like, he's, talented he's a, he's a very incredibly skilled basketball player but he also throw himself into everything without asking defensive menace um yeah i think he's he he's the uh the the, the player that i really think holds holds a lot of this together and i know i mean you know you look at the amount of fans you see in the arena wearing caruso jersey it might not really count as an unsung hero because i think he's like pretty universally regarded as as the default unsung hero choice um but just i think a, a player i'm uh, incredibly pleased is, is is on the team and that we get to yeah. watch as much as we do yeah who's your guys out of interest <laughs> we haven't actually put ours out yet uh, yeah we was gonna <laughs> make some news we, yeah well we was gonna do it as a, a post record so we might as well do it now <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll let you go first then Okay, so um, I'll do MVP and then I'll let you do MVP. We'll do it that way rather than doing all three together, right? Okay, yeah. so uh, MVP for me, I'm going to go Zach. Um, I think coming in healthy, it's something that he couldn't do last year. He's, uh, as he said himself in the in the presses there uh, during the week, he's just going to put his foot on the gas and go. Uh, and that's what we need to see from him. So I think Zach is, is going to have a, a huge year um, this year. Love it. Yeah. And to be fair, mine's Zach as well. Uh, pretty much the same reasons. Uh, I think kind of feels it's a bit now or never with him. And I think obviously everything that goes on in the press, which I know he says he doesn't listen to, but 
he must listen to some of it. And I think that same way Demar kind of fuels him, and it, you know, he, he wants to be back to being an all star at least. So, yeah, for my, mine, Zach. Okay, so most improved then. Um, I've got to go on my guy. I've got to go on my guy. <laughs> P. Will. Um, yeah, Patrick. It's it's time. This is the year. It needs to happen now, and I think it will. Um, I like what he's been saying this week. Um, he seems to have a little bit more swagger and poise about him this year than he has had previously. And um, I think this is the year he starts to to connect the dots between his physicality and his mental attitude. Yeah, I'm going to go. I don't think anybody's said it so far, but Dalen. Um, I know we, we've just done our grades for him or what I predicted sort of grades for him. And I did say, as long as we see him, I think we'll see an improvement. Um, but I, I just love him. I think, you know, I imagine from a marketing point of view, he's um, he's pretty. <laughs> he's a character. Pretty, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if if we see him, I'm going Dalen. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. You, actually, uh, from a marketing point of view, you should uh, do some sort of a Dalen dance off or something like that, because <laughs> <laughs> he loves to dance on the sidelines. The dance. He does. Seem busy, just making sure they got a camera on them at all times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, unsung hero. Uh, okay, this is like you say. This is always the tricky one. This is the one that you're never really entirely sure. And I agree with Caruso. It'd be very easy to lean towards him, but I just think with him getting the all defensive last year maybe takes a little bit away from that, uh, the unsung side of things. So I'm actually going to go for Drummond. I think Drummond is going to be needed a little bit more than he has done before because we're so thin at the five. He's going to get more minutes. And I just, I just, I, lo- I love that, like we always say, I don't know if you're wearing it today, are you? You're not wearing it today, Matt, but no, with a I've t-shirt, we're, all, we're always pushing the slogan, embrace the chaos with Drummond. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm all on for embracing the chaos this season with him yeah uh, I mean I love Drummond and I think I, I went for him last year uh, I think it ended up being Kobe that got it in the end but my vote for this year is going to be Tory Craig um, because I think what he actually does on the court will be beneficial to us but to make people the most improved I think that comes from Tory Craig's presence as well, because he's he's got that legit competition now. So we might not see the best of Tory Craig or Tory Craig's stats looking fantastic, but if he elevates P. Will's stats, I think that's the underrated sort of side of it for him. So yeah, Tory Craig for me. Brilliant. Make sure you get the receipts now. Write that all down, Matt, so we can pull it up <laughs> later in the year. <laughs> I've got them. Scores at the end of the year. Self scored. Uh, yeah, we put it out on a, yeah, and we put it out on Twitter as well, um, okay. as like a, as, as a poll, nice. yeah. So, yeah, it, there is some meaning to it, but obviously, do you guys? <laughs> from, is there a trophy for who gets it more accurate? Uh, bragging rights, just bragging rights. <laughs> Better than a trophy. And there's plenty. There's plenty of that. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did a, a Matt versus Neil through the off season in different sort of drafts. And uh, I won that, so <laughs> only just, only just. <laughs> but you're coming for the fantasy title this year, aren't you? I am very much. So. Uh, I think I've got a good team in our fantasy league this year, so I'm pushing for that. 
you know, that's hardest thing about work. So I love fantasy sports, but hardest thing about working for an NBA team, you're not allowed to uh, do any fantasy uh, uh-huh. for, that, for the NBA. Um, okay. And so it's it's something where we just kind of watch from the outside of all these people talking about fantasy basketball and how fun it is. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so enjoy that, guys. Yeah. We have a lot of fun, we, and we have we have a, a shout out to our fantasy league group. We have a real bunch of characters in in, in the group, and uh, we have some real fun with that. So, is it a full yeah. full UK league? Yeah, all Bulls yeah. fans, wow. um, and from all over the UK. So, I'll tell you what, us up end of the season, and we'll find something to send as a as a prize to the winner of your UK fantasy basketball league. Yeah, that'll be better wow. than the cup. That'll be better than the cup that I've been getting printed. <laughs> well, still send the cup, but we'll we'll find a way. But yeah. <laughs> well, uh, um, obviously, conscious of the time and everything, um, massively appreciate you coming on, giving uh, us nice. your time. Um, I mean, we could talk for hours. There's, I'm sure there's a, a lot we could ask you that you might be able to answer, but you know. But yeah, obviously, like I say, appreciate you coming on, and well, let let people know where they can find you, apart from obviously at Bulls. <laughs> every Bulls game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no I appreciate you guys um, this is this has been great it's been a lot of fun and as I said at the start appreciate um, all the work you guys do to do this year round um, as I say it does, does it does go it doesn't go unnoticed we do notice it um, we're incredibly grateful for, for all of the podcasters out there that, that are doing this in their spare time and let alone the, the people that are doing it at what is it almost 10 o'clock at night out there so <laughs> Definitely appreciate you guys uh, being fans and, and spending your own personal time on this as well. And anything you ever need, uh, feel free to reach out and happy to support. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. And right, thanks very much for joining us. Of course. Thank you. Go Bulls. See Red. Go Bulls. <laughs> Here at Sea Red UK, we are raising awareness for Andy's Man Club. Andy's Man Club is a non-profit charity organisation that basically gives men a place to talk. They run groups all over the UK and online from 7pm to 9pm on Mondays, excluding bank holidays. And it is basically just a reminder that it's okay to talk. So yeah, as we said beforehand, it that chat does go on and we could have chatted for a hell of a lot longer. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, he told us a few little things before we started recording that was certainly interesting, um, which obviously we're not going to make public. No. Um, but no, I mean, interesting to guy to speak to. Really interesting guy. Um, and obviously there's the, the British connection there as well. Yeah. And like I say, we could have asked a lot more. We could have spoke for a lot longer. And, you know, as we said to him, we massively appreciate him giving the time and, for anybody who does listen to it, we hope you enjoy a Bulls podcast that's not about the team yeah. as such. It's about the, the team behind the scenes that, that help make it as enjoyable to have been a Bulls fan as mm-hmm. as it is. Or Absolutely. Can be. It's like it's like a little bit of a look behind behind the curtain, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, um obviously once again we massively appreciate Dan for giving his, his time. And yeah, that obviously we did at the end of it give our predictions. I'll be putting that out as a tweet now as well uh, to get yes. everybody else's predictions. He, he threw us off guard a little bit with that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but as professional as we are, we were ready for it. 
and <laughs> we're ready to go. Um, but no, so you know, get involved, leave the comments down here, get involved with a tweet, give your predictions, and we've got the receipts now. We've got Dan's receipts, Casey Johnson's receipts, Big Dave's, Peck's, Hayes's, and mm-hmm. we want everybody else's now. And we've got our own. Um, yeah, uh, obviously we will be back at some point next week and we'll have had a game to talk about. Yes. Pre-season starts 6pm UK time on Sunday against your second team, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, appreciate Dan and uh, appreciate everyone who's listened. And as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. And you can find us on all the socials at CRED UK. And you can find me on Twitter at Neil CRED UK. On behalf of us both and the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please subscribe, rate, review, and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. From Matt, myself, and from Dan Moriarty, remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. Until next time, CRED people. <laughs>